Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Good afternoon, Matt. Good afternoon, Derek. It is a beautiful Monday afternoon, coming back from a beautiful late spring, early summer-like weekend. Uh, pretty hot, but uh, just a wonderful weekend, very busy weekend. We'll get into a lot of what went on with you and I uh, over the weekend. Also, previewing, of course, uh, it was graduation weekend for my son and previewing your daughter's graduation coming up this Friday night uh, and a lot of stuff going along with that or, or I guess before that. Uh, Matt, how was your weekend? Good, man. Just busy. Words from the weekend will tell you all you need to know about mine and your weekend. Just a busy weekend, just blowing and going. Uh, life goes on. The sun comes up every day, and it's like a restart. Every Here we day. go. Every day, restart. Let's go. I can't wait to talk about my word from the weekend because just a lot of people to thank for what I'm going to discuss. So, uh, you know, just a wonderful weekend. And, and Derek, it's a, a time, a rite of passage time for a lot of people that you and I know and are close to, and that we uh, have lived in our in our houses for the last 18 years. And uh, Hannah Grace is actually down at orientation. At, at Ole Miss right now. So she'll be down there for today and tomorrow, so Monday and Tuesday. Heather sent me some pictures, different things, and uh, just an exciting time for those people. A different time, different kind of time for me and you right now. Just, um, you know, we think back 20-something years ago when it was our turn, and then now it's theirs. I thought about this this morning. Shame on all of us for taking this away from those kids two years ago. Oh, yeah. Shame yeah, on all of terrible. us. Every that's single terrible. one of us allowing it to happen. The fact that those kids did not get to – finish their baseball, softball seasons and, and didn't get to finish and do the things that the class of 2020 should have gotten the new to do. Um, I hope we, maybe I guess in the voting box or voting ballot, never allow this to happen again. Well, so, I mean, I, you know, I hope that we can learn for something or, or make some concessions in some way where it could have been done because, uh, you know, it would have been a very emotional time. Um, it was emotional anyway, which is basically a preview of what's coming up. But also, just uh, I, I can't imagine how sad that must have been not to be able to experience that. Maybe it made it less sad. I'm not sure because you didn't have to go through everything. Uh, but um, you know, it was just very unfortunate, and I'm very thankful uh, that my son got to be able to, I guess, you know, enjoy all of it. Everything that goes along with graduation. Uh, you mentioned Hannah Grace is down in um, Oxford this weekend. Bo will be going uh, next Thursday and Friday uh, to to do his. Um, I guess registration and stuff like that at Ole Miss. So it, it is a busy time, uh, and I know that a lot of people listening have uh, children that are that age that are actually doing the same things this year. Will be graduating Friday night, and of course, you know, getting closer to that age, and uh, just a, a very unique time of life, and um, you know, uh, enjoying it. Uh, but at the same time, it, it is it is sad. Uh, and bittersweet uh, as it continues. And I said it on Friday. Thank you to all our listeners for kind of going on this journey with us over the last the last month, the next coming months, the different things that uh, people have gotten to know you and I are a bit different, a little bit deeper through what we talk about here on the podcast. And we really, really appreciate you listening. And if you've been listening to our podcast long enough, you know one of the reasons that it still exists is because of our presenting sponsor, our co-host last Friday, Mr. Brian Couch with Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group possesses over 65 years of combined real estate experience. They are the number one real estate team in DeSoto County when it comes to residential real estate. They are ranked nationally as a top performing real estate team. They were recently voted DeSoto's best for the fifth time. 
currently offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. Give them your address. They can tell you all about your neighborhood, your zip code. They can tell you the houses on your street that have been listed, that have sold, how fast they closed. As you can tell from the interview last Friday, Brian possesses all the numbers, all the analytics that are going to help you sell or buy a home in DeSoto County. Give Brian and Terry a call at 662-449-1700. Call Brian's cell phone, 901-461-7653. That's 461-SOLD, S-O-L-D. Let him help walk you through the DeSoto County market when it comes to real estate. Brian and Terry, no one does it better than Team Couch. Lastly, you can do a full home search at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com. Anywhere in the Mid-South, put the filters in. You can see all around the Mid-South. Let them help you find your next home in DeSoto County. And remember, every home needs a couch. Of course, Brian sat down with us last Friday in the mobile car and van rental studios. Back in our original studios right here at the corner of McCracken and Commerce, mobile car and van rental ready to serve you. Cars, pickup trucks, vans, cargo vans. If you need help with an insurance claim, if your car is going in the shop for several weeks, reach out, contact us. I've heard uh, over the last two or three weeks, the larger companies, the bigger companies here in the country uh, are all telling everyone they don't have any cars. Well, I don't have nearly as many as they have, but uh, I do have some and we will work our tails off to help you when it comes to travel this summer, help you find a car, put you in the right vehicle that's right for you. Give us a call 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555. If you plan to travel this summer and are even considering calling us for a van, please give us a call. We are booking up fast for June. We're basically almost booked out for July. Give us a call today, 662-469-4555. Good to be back in the Mobile Car and Van Rental Studios. Thank you, Mobile Car and Vans, for supporting the UTW Podcast. Well, Derek, our words from the weekend, I just mentioned the word support. Our words from the weekend are going to be a lot about that. Tell us your word from the weekend. I'm going to get out of your way. Tell us all about the last few days in your life. My word for the weekend is emotional. Uh, it was a, a great weekend. Uh, it started, I mean, of course, it started a few weeks ago as we're preparing. And Friday uh, began the, uh, I guess, all the ceremony for graduation. Friday night was uh, the baccalaureate. North Point does it back-to-back Friday night, then Saturday morning for the graduation. So uh, just a wonderful to, you know, see that. Uh, not quite graduation, but there's a, a lot of, you know, it's held in a church. There's a lot of uh, the, the speech by the president of the school, Jim Ferguson, was uh, very heavily on, uh, you know, Bible verses that they could take with them to college. And to kind of see that through and uh so again it was it was wonderfully done there was a uh, class video we got to watch so that was wonderful um so just a lot went on with the baccalaureate and and that was a you know just a kind of an emotional time I, I won't say i thought it was gonna be a little more emotional than it was uh, but it was good to see all the seniors and up there in the cap and gowns that they wore were able to go home that evening started really setting up we were having a little reception after the, the graduation on saturday so the saturday morning got up put the finishing touches on what we had the reception at our house Went to the graduation again. It was at 11 o'clock at the same church, Broadway Baptist, up uh, next to the school. Went very smoothly, uh, about an hour, a little over an hour long. They had 80 people in the class. Valedictorian, salutatorian gave their speeches, good speeches. And uh, again, a little, little teary-eyed uh, there for that, um, but uh, very proud. And, and I think that uh, my family, I'm glad that they were there to celebrate it. The church was packed. And then uh, the, the party at our house uh, went really well. Um, they started about uh, 2.30, got done uh, was, was I think the ending time was five. The people stayed till six. Good crowd coming in and out. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of the seniors couldn't make it by because they had their own parties. Uh, but a lot of underclassmen uh, who you know loved Bo, supported Bo, came by. It was really good to see them. Some of their parents came by. Some of my Sunday school class came by, which was really uh, heartfelt. 
Y'all, y'all came over uh, and stayed for uh, most of the time. So it Last, was, uh, most importantly, m- most importantly. Um, and so again, the, just a, a great time. And then everybody left about six. We did a little toast for Bo. After that, it was just kind of really winding down. We got some uh, pizza to go. And then the next morning, I guess Sunday, the uh, seniors were all honored at uh, the nine o'clock church service. Uh, of course, they had Sunday school, and then we had to go to the 11 o'clock Sunday service. They were recognized again. That after, that evening, uh, we were, they were recognized for the third time at the church with a cookout that night. And then we had one more senior party to attend Sunday night, two of Bo's good friends, one of them is his roommate. Uh, they kind of had a joint party together. And so went to that to about 8.30, uh, got home before 9, and uh, that kind of finally capped off the graduation weekend. So, again, a lot of emotion, a lot of exhaustion. Uh, a lot of good times, fun times. I, th- I think Bo was really happy. Uh, I think that he was very, uh, you know, just honored and uh, overwhelmed by the amount of support that he got. He was able to speak uh, like your daughter did at church uh, to the confirmands, to the sixth graders who were confirmed, uh, kind of uh, imposing some wisdom on them. And, you know, and then also was able to speak again or had questions asked of him uh, at the church Sunday night, kind of where he was going, that sort of thing. So people in the church that didn't know him very well or some of the older members that may you know, remember him when he was little, but, you know, of course they see us at church, but not uh, really interacting with him could kind of know a little more about him and all the other graduates that were there again including Hannah Grace so it was just a wonderful wonderful weekend uh I'm, I'm extremely tired hearing my voice a little uh just a little I mean again it was emotional but also just exhausted uh and uh, really looking forward to getting back to a semi-normal week unfortunately can't quite get there because again a lot of his friends are graduating this Friday including right. his cousin Hannah Grace uh, but also, you know, my daughter now has exams starting Friday, which, as I said, she cannot be exempt from. Uh, so there'll be a lot of studying. So probably another week to two weeks before things are really normal. I guess when we get back from Ole Miss, we can finally take a breath here in a couple of weeks. But a uh, wonderful weekend. And I want to say thank you to everybody uh, who supported us, who came by, who loved on us. And um, just uh, it, it meant a lot and it means a lot. And so and I also want to say congratulations to all the senior in, in Bo's class and the North Point graduating class of 2022. And also for Hernando coming up this Friday night. Again, we'll do this again on Friday, I'm sure. The word emotional, Derek, def- definitely a good word for the uh, time right now in this past week. Um, yes, I, I did attend the, the little get together for Bo and, and I appreciate you uh not running us out and letting us be a part of the uh, the toast for him and and the word being emotional you gave a toast to Bo and and it was an emotional toast to just kind of a a, a moment to uh, that like we always want to do we don't tell our kids enough it, our actions show how much we love them right. sometimes we don't share our words the way we'd like to so it was a very good toast an emotional toast for you so I really appreciate that uh, we don't have to go into to that of course but I, then I, I would uh, rather not yeah that's fine that we don't have to go into that um, I will go into this did you notice your air conditioner turned down to 68 degrees uh, yes <laughs> well I did I did I went inside and had gotten down to no, 70 it felt good it felt good well, no I got down to 71 and I'm like yeah okay I got to turn that back up so it's back up to 74 74 there were people there but 74 is where I leave it no that's terrible 74 in the summer 68 in the winter no, you have to splurt. When people are coming to your house, you have to you have to crank it down. At least get well, into see, the sixties. That's, that's what I tell my family. Get into the sixties. So like, so in, in the winter time, I keep it on sixty eight, right? So I keep it on sixty eight in the winter, seventy four in the summer. And so in the winter time, they're like, 
I'm freezing. Why can't we turn the heat up? I'm like, hey, in 74, you're telling me it's too hot in here. Like, what what are we doing right now? But I'm saying when people are coming over to your house, (laughs) crank it on down into the 60s, give it a few minutes. Just, you know, anyway, we digress. But, uh, yeah, that was me. That cranked, uh, turned it down. I should have put. It got got to 71. You know what? I I should have put it down to 68. I should have put a UTW podcast sticker (laughs) right next to it. (laughs) That would have been a good thing. Well, mine's going to be almost the same thing. Again, uh, our time is coming up this week. Hannah Grace graduates on Friday. A lot of different things. Big parade on thursday night a ton of different things also a shout out to our senior softball players which we're going to talk more about that here shortly a lot going on here in the city of hernando when it comes to softball um i'll just go ahead and say it congratulations to those young ladies we'll recap the game shortly but congratulations to those ladies for going to their back-to-back state championships just an awesome opportunity and i know uh, my my phone's blowing up a lot of texts going on here on a monday afternoon people trying to put together the opportunity for them to take charter buses and travel and enjoy that situation as well so so congratulations to them. My word from the weekend pertains to that, what I just mentioned, people trying to help. The word from the weekend for me is village. Uh, we hear it all the time. It takes a village to raise our children. This weekend was a prime example of that. Had the opportunity to be at Derek's house for a, a very nice emotional toast. Uh, we've been a part of Bo's life for forever. Y'all have been a part of Hannah Grace's life. Wilson had to get catch a ride to the soccer field with, two, with, the, with a family twice over the weekend. The uh, wonderful thing and opportunity at the church – Hernando has raised our kids. It just has. Mm -hmm. And we thank you for that. And uh, we're glad to be a part of uh, kids that we know and love and be a part of that. I, I volunteer on Wednesday nights with our youth group. This was my ninth round of seniors, and uh, I, I hope I've, I've been a part of their lives and what they do now and their faith and those different things. And, uh, you know, the city of this podcast exists because we love our town. We love Hernando, Mississippi. We praise it all the time. Uh, there's times we talk a, a bit negative of things that we don't understand or frustrating things that maybe are bothering us. But uh, it has been a wonderful, wonderful place to raise our kids. And we thank you for being a village. And um, you know who you are. You know, if you're listening to this show, how much you've helped Derek and Lisa when it comes to raising Bo, and how much you've helped uh, Heather and myself when it comes to raising Hannah Grace. I will give one shout out. Had a group of ladies do a, a little shower for Hannah Grace yesterday. Yep. It was wonderful. A, a nice tea. Um, everybody had a good time. And I hope if the young people that were there yesterday, if I could say one thing to them, this is what community looks like. This is what being a friend and a good Christian woman in the world looks like helping each other out, uh, saying, hey, Hannah Grace, we're going to support you and we're praying for you uh, as we send you out into the world. And that's what it looks like. Society shows us examples of women, uh, of women, let's, let's just say, being way more aggressive and who could be the loudest and so forth. And actions speak louder than words when it comes to raising families and raising young daughters and raising young men. And I just want to say thank you to the city of Fernando and all those people that have helped us raise our kids in this village that we call Hernando. So village is going to be my word from the weekend. And part of running a city and a successful village is city government. And we have an alderman meeting coming up Tuesday night, Derek. Go ahead and preview our alderman meeting for this week. The alderman meeting for this week, can't quite tell how long this was going to be. Uh, it could be anywhere from an hour to two hours. We'll see how it goes. But uh, a couple things, uh, before I skip the consent agenda, I usually do that because there's not really much. There's a couple things on there I, w- I want to point out. Just some uh, preview of some stuff that, that's upcoming uh, for this year. The first, they're, they're going to apply, the city is applying for the MDA Visit Mississippi Tourism Development Grant of $10,000, trying to get that for the Hernando Dickens of Christmas, and then $5,000 for the Hernando Water Tower 10K race. Now, they were successful in getting this last year. They're applying for it again. Again, this would help. Uh, these are both things that Gia is Gia Matheny is very heavily uh, involved with, 
And so again, ten thousand dollars are hoping to get for Hernando Dickens of a Christmas, and five thousand dollars for the Hernando Water Tower 10K. So we'll kind of uh, we'll, we'll let you know if those you know are accepted uh, here in the next uh, couple months when those are awarded. Uh, the other thing on the consent agenda I want to mention: there's a quest for Worth Duperier, and I hope I said that name right: D-U-P-E-R-I-E-R, uh, Worth Duperier, to instruct a pickleball clinic on Saturday, June 18th. Pickleball is a uh, kind of a smaller version of tennis that's really taken off uh, around the nation over the last couple of years. And, uh, they, you know, they, uh, they play pickleball out at the country club. It looks like they're going to try to start opening it up to some of the public courts here in town. Uh, and I know that they also mentioned that in the Alderman meeting uh, during the Penny for the Parks, kind of the preview, or not the preview meeting, but the uh, discussion meeting they had about uh, pickleball also being able to be played on tennis courts if they were built at Renaissance Park. So, again, just a couple things to look for that coming up this year. Hopefully, obviously, the Dickens of the Christmas and the Water Tower 5, 10K will happen. Uh, but there'll also be a pickleball clinic on June 18th. Now to the main part of the meeting. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is the Compelled Church's request for improvements to Mackinville Road and Dilworth Lane. Again, the Compelled Church bought the property, uh, cleared out all the trees. There have been some of our neighbors who have been upset with the clearing of the trees. Uh, and so now they look like they're going to have the uh, talk about how to improve, whether it's uh, turning lanes, uh, deceleration lanes, uh, or whatever it may be on McAvell and Dilworth Land, they'll have the discussion of what that's going to look like or what the city's going to require these, for these, that property. These plans have already been approved and mo- some, probably in the last couple of years, right? They've right. already The city already knows what's coming. Well, they know what's coming, but it looks like there's a request for improvements. So I don't know if they'll ask you to have something changed, amended, right. or what, but that's just it's a one-line sentence on the agenda. Interesting. So we'll cover what that's what they're talking about there on Friday. The next, uh, we looks like we're getting a new deputy fire marshal. Matt Massey uh, will accept the new position of deputy fire marshal at captain's pay of $67,133. Uh, he will start on June the 5th. Uh, now, there are three items coming from the Planning Commission uh, that will be discussed tomorrow night. The request to rezone a 156-acre tract of land located on the northwest corner of Getwell Road and I-269 Interchange uh, this is, of course, the just right there, just to the north. If you're going north on Getwell, just to the left-hand side after you go over 269. Uh, Barry Bridgeforth, Jr. will be there representing Arthur W. Anderson, the property owner. So, again, they're looking to go from A to M1, which is light industrial. Now, there have been some talks of some industrial warehouses going right there. The Planning Commission looked at it. There was uh, they voted voted it down unanimously. I guess, unanimously last month. Well, again, now they're trying to – this is not – to ask for that, this is just to get the designation changed. Uh, so we'll see if this is an okay. appeal from the Planning Commission uh, on that no vote or kind of how that's going to work. But that is looking like they're trying to do warehouses there on the northwest corner of Getwell and 269. Uh, the next one is a request to rezone a 40.6-acre tract of land on the west side of Chillahoma Road, north of Green Tea Road. Now, again, so Chil- Green Tea, of course, uh, right there at the field house, so this would be just east of that, uh, right there at Chulahoma Road, uh, will be, um, they're looking to go from A, agricultural, to C2, which is the Highway Commercial District. Again, this is something else that came up during the uh, Planning Commission last month. Uh, they voted it down not because they didn't kind of want to see what was going on there, but they, n- number one, said it wasn't zoned correctly. Number two, they wanted to have more information about the project that could be going there. So, again, this is the just going from asking to go from agricultural to C2 Highway Commercial District. So we'll see what the aldermen think about that. In any 40 acres behind the field house. That's right. That's and where we are. Between the field house and 69. Bordering Chihuahua Road. Right, right there on exactly, yes. Road. So again, um, just look for that. Any discussions, of course, we'll cover that on Friday. 
The last one coming from the Planning Commission is the request for approval of an amendment to the text of the zoning ordinance. Now, this is more specifically to add accessory dwelling unit. So accessory dwelling unit, they, uh, they're looking to add this to the list of conditional uses in the AR Agricultural Residential District. So this is kind of like a mother-in-law wing, a separate building that could be built behind the house uh, to allow someone to live there. Well, we'll see if there's discussion about if you can rent that out, what that looks like. But again, this is in the AR uh, Agricultural District. So this will probably be kind of in the county portions of Hernando. Todd Steele with AERC is representing Pete Cookston uh, of 414 Green Tea Lake Drive East, who's looking to have this done, uh, obviously wants to talk about having this done for his house. So again, those are the three things. We will cover those on Friday. What comes up with that? Next, number 17, the medical cannabis ordinance update. Mm -hmm. Now, again, we talked about what are the maybe uh, additional restrictions that the city could put on uh, for medical medical uh, cannabis? The dispensaries will be opening around the town now. Uh, again, we don't expect very many because of the, the restrictions already in place by the state. So they're going to have the ordinance update on what the city, uh, the city attorney will talk about, what the, you know, the city may add to require for those. So we'll cover that. Next is to approve the De- Delta Regional Authority's resolution to accept grant funds of a million dollars for the AWG Green Tea Road and McInvale Infrastructure Improvements Overlay and Shoulder Widening Project. So it looks like they are hoping to find the million dollars that they can use to put toward that. Again, something the mayor mentioned he was going to try to get to help with that $2 million for price tag that they were like they had told AWG, hey, look, we know we have a September deadline. We may or may not can make it. We'll really work on it. We're not trying to get out of this. Well, it may look like they may have found a million dollars because the very next thing on the agenda is the approval of the lowest and best bid of two million four hundred one two twenty five fifty from Phillips Contracting for the AWG Green Tea Road and McInvale Infrastructure Improvement. So basically looking to go ahead and accept the lowest bid to start that project, assuming, I would assume, that the million dollars comes through or is voted uh, to be accepted um, from the grant before. So, again, if both of those go through, congratulations to the city for finding that money uh, and being able to start that project. Again, we'll cover that on Friday. Uh, next, this approval, this is something very small, but I uh, want to make sh- uh, sure the listeners are aware. The approval to engage Wagoneer Engineering to redesign and improve traffic flow at McInvale and Commerce for a sum of $6,000. So it looks like... Uh, right there, we all know what that is, the uh, Walmart sure. uh, intersection, if you want to call it that, right there at Walmart. Uh, what they're, look, they're going to look, the way it's done right now, of course, you've got four turning lanes. Uh, I mean, it kind of it backs up, especially at 5 o'clock. Very hard to get, you know, sometimes trying to cut out maybe of Zaxby's, out of Sonic. You know, the, the, the traffic does back up sometimes back to the interstate. So um, re- looking at that, how that ties in with what you know, the state has everything to do around the interstate and before that on the light timing maybe they're looking at uh light timing maybe they're looking at maybe a roundabout i don't have no idea i'm speculating but they're going to have six thousand dollars start running traffic counts and engineering for that to see what can be done about that intersection we know there's a hotel coming uh there's a uh, at least a two or three more commercial sites right there we know that the uh right up south of there at mackinvale and monteith they already have rezoned that. Looks to be possibly a mini storage coming there. Other out parcels there. So again, a lot of activity at that corner, or just north or south of that corner, um, that that is going to be happening here over the next couple of years. So they're kind of getting on, on top of that and seeing what they can do about the intersection. Yeah, let's be proactive, not reactive. That is correct. Uh, lastly, uh, this meeting will not technically end. <laughs> 
Uh, they do have it here on to recess it to next Monday at 6 p.m. Again, next Monday at 6 p.m., uh, this, they will discuss the Penny for the Parks project. Again, an ongoing discussion about should they continue on the Renaissance Park, should they look elsewhere. There is a, an important meeting Tuesday night if they do decide to continue with the Renaissance project with the three owners of the current ball fields. So, again, a lot going on at the city over the next week. They'll have a very couple weeks uh, very busy, excuse me, a couple weeks coming up before Memorial Day. Uh, so, again, thank you to the uh, city officials for all the hard work that you're doing, trying to find money for the city to help with uh, wonderful events that we have for uh, asphalt overlays. And we will update again all of this for you on Friday. Tons going on. We'll talk more about that on Friday. As we always do, our first and third Tuesday is going to be the Alderman meeting for the city of Fernando. And we like to preview that and review that on our first and third uh, week shows uh, during the month. If you are a new listener, that's what we. That's one of the things we do is talk about what's going on from the Alderman standpoint here for the city. And we really appreciate those that listen to us for this reason. People tell us all the time, hey, I don't pay attention at all. I just strictly uh, go off of Derek's uh, notes that he makes our wonderful city of Fernando that we praise all the time resides in the state of Mississippi and you've got some numbers some new information about the state uh good news of course tell us about it all right during this year's legislative session the joint legislative budget committee revised its fiscal year 2022 state revenue estimates by nearly one billion dollars to more accurately reflect the state's fiscal position now the April collections report from the Legislative Budget Office shows that Mississippi state revenues are on pace to meet and perhaps exceed even those increased estimates as state revenues could reach the $7 billion mark. The fiscal year 2022 signed dial revenue estimates adopted, of course, were increased. Well, originally were $5,927,000. They increased it on March 25th to six billion eight seventy five two hundred, which was an increase of $948.2 million. And now, according to their April report, the fiscal year 2022 year-to-date actual collections are $251 million above the year-to-date fiscal year 2022 revised revenue estimates. So the total revenue through the month of April were $229,133,983, or 28.66% above the signed revenue estimates. Fiscal year-to-date revenue collections are $1.12 billion through April, which were 23% above the signed estimates. And the fiscal year-to-date total revenue collections through April 2022 are $590 or 11.03% above the prior year's collection. So, again, they revised it up to $6,875,000, and right now we're already a couple hundred million ahead of that. So could be pushing at or above $7 billion by the end of the state's year, Matt. It's just absolutely incredible. You know, I know a lot of that is federal money. The federal money is now, you know, drying up, but we're still being able to produce projects off that federal money, uh, you know, and so we'll see if that continues. We know that we got a uh, reduction in our income tax starting next year. That will obviously affect the budget going forward uh, as that dwindles down over about a four- or five-year time period before it finally, you know, goes as low as it's going to go. Uh, so that will have some effect going forward. But because of the, you know, the, the money that we have received and how well the state's been doing, that we're able to act that first tax decrease uh, for quite a long time. And so, we, again, uh, you know, I would say congratulations to the uh, state for all that they have done in doing that. And, and, again, everybody that's working out there, I know you're feeling how busy we are, even during what seems, you know, it's, it's inflation, of course, is happening. It seems like things, the, the, a lot of negative, you know, the stock market's down, inflation's up, mortgage rates are up, uh, but it still feels like we're – pretty busy and income is still coming in not saying that's gonna be there for six months from now but right now the numbers look good for mississippi 
That does sound good, Derek. I know you said a lot of different numbers there, so go back and listen to that maybe two or three times, what he said. But from a uh, year-to-date, from a fiscal year situation when it comes to the state budget, uh, we are looking good. Better than ever, really. Yeah. Looking better than ever, really. So uh, that's uh, exciting news. And, uh, you know, we don't talk a lot of stuff about, um, you know, national things or federal things and stuff. But, Derek, I just – Man, we got to get this inflation situated. Yeah. I mean, I just said, hey, let's be proactive, not reactive. It seems like we're living in the USA that is very reactive versus proactive. You know, people rent vans for me. We're renting, you know, four dollars a gallon to, to to add, you know, to to fill up my vans and and stuff like that. And if we get much higher, you know, you worry about uh, youth groups uh, almost sitting at home as if it's COVID again. And we can't have that. It's not worth it. And it's just. It's just frustrating to me. Uh, I'll just kind of, you know, let that kind of start to uh, – I'll just stop talking about that before I get even more and more angry or upset. So thanks for those state numbers. Uh, you know, the state legislature um, doing their thing in, in January, February, March. And um, let's see uh, what things look like over the next uh, six months. Hopefully things will continue to be good here in the state of Mississippi. Well, look, if you're looking to make things better around your property, around your home or business, reach out today to our longtime sponsor, Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and so much more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Whether it's leaf removal, tree trimming, spring cleanups, gate repair, fence repair, stump grinding, a multitude of outdoor home needs, Richard can help. Give him a call today at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Remember, no job too small, no job too large. Let Richard come out, take a look. If he can't do it, he'll help you find someone who can. Give him a call today. Again, 662-292-8855. Or find more information about Richard and his team on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. That's Williams Lawn Services. Since 2001, Green King Spray Services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure that your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated, with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419, again 662-892-8419, or visit them on their website at greenkingspray.com. Remember, if you want it green, call the king. Derek, right down the street from our house, when you pass the Soto Family Dental Care, you'll see a huge sign that says, Congratulations, Seniors. Thank you for all the support there from DFDC for a number of years. A uh, number of seniors, I'm sure, go to uh, Dr. Paroli, Trotter, and Seymour. And uh, definitely from us, uh, we want to say thank you for supporting the seniors. The Soto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Paroli, and Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments and general dentistry, including implants and implant-supported dentures, and now Invisalign. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process from beginning to end. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Give them a call today locally at 662-429-5239. That's 429-5239. Or stop by their offices anytime to see the DFDC difference. Derek, before we move on, 
Uh, Dr. Broly's son, Dominic. You and I have known Dominic since the day he was born. I want to say congratulations to him, a senior at Hernando High School, class of 2022. Dominic Paroli, congratulations. Well, Derek, this show's been a little bit sad so far. It's been a little bit happy so far. But uh, our DeSoto County Fact of the Week is takes on a little bit of a it's, – it's a very interesting Fact of the Week. So if you enjoy the DeSoto County Fact of the Week, you definitely want to pay attention over the next few moments. Fact of the Week brought to us each and every week by the DeSoto County Museum. No arguing here. The DeSoto County Museum is an absolute gem in our area, in Hernando. Open Tuesday through Saturday, 9 to 5. That's Tuesday through Saturday, 9 to 5, right across the street from Bank Corp South on Commerce Street, the DeSoto County Museum is a wonderful gym here in the city of Fernando. Get by and visit Rob Long and his staff today. Thank you, Rob, for supporting the UTW Podcast with our Fact of the Week. Derek, the Fact of the Week uh, this week is what? DeSoto County progressiveness is noted by the fact that it had a home for poor persons long before most other counties. The DeSoto County Home for the Poor was located across Memphis Street from what is now Charleston Row. It eventually became the DeSoto County's children's home over the decades. A disastrous fire in the early part of the 20th century did away with the home, and unfortunately, many children lost their lives. There is a marker that has been placed at the Goodrum Cemetery that memorializes the approximately 54 graves of those who were formerly interred or buried at the DeSoto County Children's Home, also known as the DeSoto County Home for the Poor or the Pauper's Home. The children were originally buried just off Memphis Street, south of the Laurelwood subdivision, where the home was located in an on-site cemetery. Mr. John Phillips and his son Danny Phillips, with Brantley Phillips Funeral Home, dug up the bodies and transferred them to the Goodrum Cemetery in the late 1990s and early 2000s, where they have now have their final resting place. The Goodrum Cemetery is located at the southwest corner of Highway 301 and West Commerce Street in Eudora if you want to go and visit the marker that is there that represents the 54 graves, again, that have been moved out to that cemetery uh, from the original children's home just right there on Memphis Street across from Charleston Row south of Laurelwood. So, again, something I never knew about was there. Uh, You know, I think there's like a – well, there, there used to be a, a service road uh, that used to go to the lift station right. uh, where uh, the soccer fields are now that kind of cut from that street to the, where the soccer fields that has been closed off. Uh, but never realized there had been a, a children's home or, or home for the poor there back in the early, uh, late 1800s and early 1900s until it burned down. So, again, just a very, very, uh, I guess, sad but also a historical fact of the week that I was unaware of. Absolutely. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go seek out that marker. I, I am too. I mean, yeah, it's right, you know, the gas station at Eudora? Right, sure. Literally across the street from it, um, okay. right there. That's where the cemetery starts, so you can go find it right there with the, the cemetery yes but there isn't there a mark didn't you say there was a marker there's a, there's a marker in the ground that he, a marker in the ground of where it happened or where the cemetery no is no there? it's a marker in the ground that says that the 54 children oh, okay, have gotcha. been moved to this new location Interesting. now there's no marker in the ground at um the, where at, the location where, where the location was no gotcha. the marker is commemorating them at the cemetery in your door where they are now man you just never know what's going to come from the DeSoto county fact of the week thank you again rob long for uh, always supporting us, getting Derek over sometimes two or three facts of, of the week in a row to always keep us up to up to date on those. Please get by and visit the Soto County Museum, again, located right here in Hernando, across the street from Bank Corp South on Commerce Street, 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. Thank you again to the Soto County Museum. 
I mentioned just a second ago about them being such a gem here in the city of Hernando. And another wonderful thing, a wonderful gem here for the city is going to be the Hernando Farmers Market. Hernando Farmers Market is open every Saturday morning from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. on the historic Hernando Square. It's a place to shop. It's a place to gather. But more importantly, it's a rare chance to experience the rich simplicity of a Mississippi small town. It's truly a fresh local experience. Some of the 40 vendors that have started with the Hernando Farmers Market include Brown Dairy Farms, Kendall Cattle Beef, Abney's Handmade Crafts, Coffee Central, Kills Country Market. Those are just some of the vendors out there every Saturday morning ready to serve you and your family at the Hernando Farmers Market. Get by this weekend, 8 o'clock to 1 o'clock, the Hernando Farmers Market, the best farmers market in the Mid-South, in my opinion. That's my opinion. I don't know if that's ever been verified, but I definitely <laughs> will say that. The Hernando Farmers Market, again, what a wonderful asset to the city. Thank you to the Hernando Farmers Market, and welcome back to the UTW Podcast. Sunday, May 22nd, North Point Christian School will have its next preview of the point for lower school grades, senior kindergarten through sixth grade. The event will be at 2 p.m. and will give prospective families an opportunity to tour the school and meet with administration to see if North Point Christian School is the right fit for your family. Grades are quickly filling up with upper school and preschool grades having wait list, so they encourage you to register for this Sunday's event quickly by calling Sheila Sharon at 662-349-5127. Again, 662-349-5127. North Point Christian School is excited that so many families are looking to Christian education that they've had an influx of new students over the last two years and continue to see excitement for 2022-2023. Don't delay. Call and register today. Are you looking for an insurance provider that talks with you about your needs? Reach out to our newest sponsor, Holland Insurance. Located in South Haven but ready to serve you anywhere in DeSoto County, call Bruce Robinson and Jerry Holland with Holland Insurance today. They work with companies such as Blue Cross Blue Shield, Humana, Cigna, Aetna, Progressive, Nationwide, State Auto, some of the largest insurance companies in the world trust Holland Insurance to be their provider in DeSoto County. Give them a call today at 662-895-5528. That's 662-895-5528. Tell Bruce and Jerry your needs. Tell them your budget. Let them work to put you with the right company to best serve you when it comes to insurance. As an independent insurance agent, there's nobody better than Holland Insurance in South Haven, 662-895-5528. Give them a call today. As I joked around on Friday, Derek, the uh, number of teams that we're covering has uh, dwindled down uh, less and less. But we're right towards the end. It is playoff time when it comes to softball, playoff time when it comes to baseball. Derek, give us an update when it comes to the North Point softball and baseball team before we talk and discuss a big announcement here in the city of Fernando. Go ahead. All right, so North Point softball. The Lady Trojan softball team season came to an end on Sunday in an 11 nothing loss to Davidson Academy. Ooh, you get run road your last game? Yeah, you get run road your last game. You're, you're, a, you're back in the car quickly. <laughs> well, no, it sucks. was a home game, thank goodness. Oh, okay. Thank goodness it was a home game. It was a tough loss, but they made it to the round of 16 this year, just like they did last year with a team that had only one senior and started six freshmen and two eighth graders. The future is bright for the Trojans as they will continue to mature, and the playoff experience will help this team to get better. We look forward to covering the Lady Trojans and this group for the next several years. Turn it to North Point Baseball. The Trojan baseball team has not played since our last show, and they will host the TSSAA quarterfinal playoff series against Clarksville Academy starting this Thursday at 4 p.m., followed by Game 2 at 7 p.m. If a third game is necessary, it will be played Friday. 
All three possible games will be played at North Point with the winner advancing to the baseball Final Four. This playoff structure, with the play-in round taking place last weekend, is very different from Mississippi, and we will let you know how the Final Four structure takes place if the Trojans make it. Good luck to the Trojan baseball team from the UTW podcast, and we will cover the Thursday night game, or both games, if possible, Friday. Now turning to Hernando softball, Matt, as you mentioned at the start of the show, huge, huge weekend uh, for the Lady Tigers. Uh, coming off, again, an emotional third-round game. This is the North State Finals. They came uh, into the thing they, you know, facing another, the second DeSoto County team in their playoff run. Uh, this one being DeSoto Central, again, as we mentioned on our last show, DeSoto Central had won the state in 2019. There was no state champion in 2020. Hernandez Lady Tigers won it uh, last year, of course. Uh, they, they're going for their second in a row. So these are the last two state champions, softball state champions, facing off against each other. Matt, the, the, uh, the three-game series did not disappoint. It was a heck of a series, Derek. It really was. I had been asked to announce the uh, game on Friday. The game got delayed due to rain. Uh, so it went from six to seven, and it was nonstop the entire time. Two teams that uh, respect each other. Um, I know they kind of probably get under each other's skin, um, but – two really good softball teams to make it this far and it was hard fault Thursday Friday and Saturday um you know extra innings um just you know mistakes on the base path I'll just say that different things but I know Hernando made I think eight errors on Friday night so that'll keep the other team in it so go ahead yeah so we, uh, again we covered the, the exciting first game did, extra yes. inning affair uh on the on Friday morning when we recorded uh what we didn't know is that the game Friday night at Hernando would be even more tense and exciting mm -hmm. The visiting Lady Jaguars built a 5-0 lead with a four-run third inning, but the Lady Tigers would counterpunch with a pair of runs in the fourth and fifth innings and would tie the contest in their last at-bat to send the game into extra innings on a misplayed fly ball. Both teams scored solo runs in the eighth inning, but DeSoto Central exploded for three more runs in the ninth, and they held Hernando in the home half of the ninth for a hard-fought 9-6 victory. Of course, this then pushed the series to 1-1, one and, one, and this forced a decided Game 3 on Saturday back at DeSoto Central. Now, this game did not have the nail-biting and extra innings needed for the first two games. It did for the first four innings, I'll just yeah. say that. The Lady Tigers did take a 5-0 lead in DeSoto Central half of the fifth inning, but then the Lady Jags' hopes were uh, – Lady Jags came back with a bases-loaded homer uh, to get within 5-4 to four of Hernando. However – that was as close as it would get. The Hernando Lady Tigers softball team posted a convincing 14-4 Game 3 victory over DeSoto Central Saturday night, led by a strong pitching performance from Julia Shaw, uh, who struck out seven and walked two. Of course, gave up the, the one uh, <laughs> crucial home run at the time, but uh, <laughs> came to not be so crucial later on. Riley Eister also had three hits. Hernando now returns to the state championship series at the Southern Miss Softball Complex in Hattiesburg, starting on Wednesday, where the Lady Tigers won its first state title again last May. They are waiting on the Game 3 winner between Petal and Northwest Rankin, uh, which will take place again tonight, Monday night, and we will have full coverage of Games 1 and 2 for you on our Friday podcast. Again, it starts on Wednesday. They'll have another one on Thursday, and then possible Game 3 on Friday. Not sure how that's going to go with uh, 
uh, graduation. Let's just hope to say that uh, maybe the Hernando can win this uh, two and out, get home for graduation. Uh, but again, we'll have the first two games covered for you on our Friday show. It is sad, Derek. It does look like there's a possibility of the the seniors, which are so vital to the Hernando Lady Tigers, um, you know, maybe missing graduation. But uh, look, these girls have grinded and grinded. We've gotten to know them quite well. Hannah Grace is friends with several of them. Just good kids. And uh, just, I mean, really, I couldn't be more proud. Hannah Grace and I went and watched the game on Hannah Grace and I were late to the game on Saturday at DC. We uh, got out of the car as the girl hit the Grand Slam, and so uh, Maybe the, turned well, around. I think, Let I'm glad I didn't because we walked in there. Hernando was still up five to four. They took the momentum back. They, they took the momentum back. The better team won uh, the series. Like I said, eight errors on the Friday night to allow DC to stay in it. Um, the better team won. They're moving down, moving on to the uh, to to the state finals as they should and uh we couldn't be more proud of them here um you know coach nikki witten is such a nice lady i've gotten to know her uh through hannah grace's swimming uh coach and everything and just just good people thank you to hernando for showing up huge crowds each night huge crowds uh, at home had so much fun uh, announcing the game on friday and um i know a number of people look go on youtube when you know they're playing again that's going to be wednesday night simply search for hernando softball boosters if you'll look for hernando softball boosters they'll see you'll see coverage of the game it's live it's right there and they do a wonderful job covering it thank you to all the parents people that listen to the podcast people that are uh, you know friends and, and and fans of ours um for supporting uh, our podcast but definitely supporting those tigers those young ladies as they take the uniforms that say hernando down to hattiesburg and uh you know, play all those teams that we've all heard about for the last 20, 25 years, the Madison Centrals and the Pearls and the Petals and so forth. Why not Hernando? And I'm really proud of those young ladies. So proud that they're uh, going for their back-to-back state titles. They definitely earned it. And we will be cheering you on here at the UTW Podcast as we will cheer on all the people that are battling and fighting the playoffs uh, that have the DeSoto County flag uh, on, on their car. So we really, really appreciate that. Look, if you enjoy what we do each and every week, supporting the young people, talking about Alderman meetings, giving state numbers, all the different things that we do here on the podcast that we thoroughly enjoy, find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. Most importantly, share it. Share it with friends. Share it with family. If we say your niece's or nephew's name on the podcast, share it with them. Let them know what we're doing here on the podcast. We really, really appreciate that, and that's how we continue to grow. If you enjoy our show, look up OB Pod. They release a show early Monday mornings covering the eastern side of DeSoto County. They also talk about Center Hill Athletics, Olive Branch Athletics, and Lewisburg as well. OB Pod. Look them up today. Well, Derek, I know our Friday show uh, will be full of graduation, more graduation talk. It'll be full of more softball talk. It'll be full of uh, it's just that time of year. And uh, I'm really glad to uh, be going on this journey with you, and we really appreciate you. You know, everything you talked about earlier, all the different stuff, uh, talking about Bo's graduation. And, um, support. you know, we'll continue to say it until it's over. Congratulations to the class of 2022. Uh, be thankful you're getting a graduation. And uh, give your parents a little bit of slack, okay? They're doing the best they can when it comes to putting things together for you in the class of 22. Well, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. <laughs>